Welcome to episode 27, Pooch and Raybold. I'm Ken Pooch Van Druten, and that is... Right here, Chris Raybold. You're looking at him. Chris Raybold. Um, here we are. Uh, <laughs> here we are in the uh, midst of a pandemic, um, just churning out 27 hours worth of information for you guys, and um, uh, we're having fun doing it. It keeps us uh, feeling like we still have a connection to audio, right, Chris? <laughs> It does. I just was texting with someone a second ago. I was like, yo, I'm getting ready to jump on one of these things. And I'm like, you know, I find peace in them once they get rolling, you know, it's a nice yeah. little, but it's just the beginning. It's a nice little break, you know? Yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, uh, Chris, uh, what do you want to talk about today? What's our subject? Let's, uh, let's go. Someone brought it up. Basically it's going to be juggling clients. Of course, right now, no one has any clients. But in the real world, when this thing's happening and everything's normal, when you're in a position where you're fortunate enough to have multiple clients, how do you juggle that? And this kind of gets into some subcategories, loyalty being one of those. But this is a business. This is really a business discussion. Does that, does that description make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, which kind of brings up the first part of that, which is... Um, if you're lucky enough to have a stable of return clients, um, mm -hmm. this is where it gets a little bit dicey, right? Because you could be working with somebody, you know, for a year period. And during that year period, you're, you know, a previous client that you've worked with decides that they want to start touring. Um, so, um, the, the first part about this is, is really talking about harboring, you know, return clients, you know, getting people to, to hire you again and doing your job well enough to, uh, to have that, um, uh, ability, uh, you know, to have people keep asking you to come back. And when that happens is when we start having what we're talking about where, um, you, you know, you're, you're out with somebody and, and the loyalty of being with, both of those artists, depending on how much time you spent with both of them, um, kind of comes into play. Um, how do you handle that? What, what happens when you're out on a long tour, let's say, um, and you get a call that says, hey, in a month, you know, so-and-so wants to start. Um, what's, your, what's your first kind of thought process? Sure. Well, because ultimately all of these relationships are business relationships. You know what I mean? Even there's ones that we might like more than the others, but at the end of the day, we're in business relationships with these people. So the one thing I'll say that might surprise people is that you would be surprised how many times tour to tour to tour, gig to gig to gig kind of just works out. You know what I mean? Like how many times you get that call where, client B is thinking about starting up in a month and it just so happens that client A is finishing in a month. So a lot of times fate just takes care of it. Um, I'll never forget years ago reading an article in a magazine and it was one guy talking about finishing a tour, realizing he had another client starting and that he just redirected the gear to go to that. And I remember thinking, wow, that's so cool. That Wow, that just sounds so fantastical. And now I've had it happen multiple times, you know? Right. Um, so, but what I do honest, the reality is I look at it and I go, okay, well, what, what am I in contractually right now? 
And is there any reality at all that I can do what's coming up? And a lot of times it's easy to, when there's really no way to pull it off where you kind of get stuck in the what if, you know what I'm saying? Like you get excited about the notion and you're, you're coming up with all these ideas where, well, I can be there Tuesday through Thursday and then da, 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 da. It really comes down to what are you contractually obligated for in that moment? Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, so absolutely. Right. You know, uh, d- despite loyalty and despite doing the right thing, um, mm-hmm. you know, you and I are um, guys that that actually sign paperwork um, with these bands that are pretty contractual things. Right. Um, so you definitely have to take a look at that. Um, you know, my my initial answer to someone that is coming at me um, saying, you know, Hey, we're going to start in two months and I know that you're out on such and such a tour, but we really want you to come back and you know, whatever my, my initial answer to them is like, well, listen, what if I was on your tour and else was asking me to leave you, you wouldn't like that to happen to you, would it? You know? And their answer Mm -hmm. is always like, yeah, 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 I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, Mm -hmm. um, and, it, it's it's nice to be loved <laughs> and it's nice to um, uh, be in that situation. But for sure, the first thing that you look at is contractually. I think what people might find um, interesting, at least in my choices that I've made in my career, um, they are not money-centric per se. Um, I have made some decisions to stay with an artist uh, despite being offered a bunch of money to leave that artist. Um, mm-hmm. And I, what that comes from for me is kind of twofold. One, one is that I don't feel like it's right to leave somebody hanging. In fact, I can only think of one example in my career where I've actually left a band in the middle of a tour uh, to go to another tour. And it was um, early on in my career. Uh, and it was such an immense jump from the, the type of venues and stuff that I, I was it. doing to I that artist. Um, literally, it was going from playing college theater and club band to high-profile huge arena slash stadium act. Mm. And it was one of those moments where I actually walked in the dressing room of the club and theater act and just said, guys, it's this band. And they all went, well, I guess you got to go then. You know, yeah, <laughs> totally. they knew, you know what I mean? Okay. They were like, Oh man, if you're being offered that gig, you got to go. But it doesn't mean that they weren't super bummed and that, it's still weird and awkward. Like if I still saw them now, this was years ago, a long time ago, early on in my career, um, that it wouldn't be awkward now. And it would, um, but they were still understanding. And that's the one and only time guys in my career that I've ever left a tour in the middle of something that I have not, that I agreed to finish. Um, Mm -hmm. so uh, you know, have you have you been in that situation? I, I, as usual, I'm just sitting here going, "Man, I love you." Uh, I have the same story. 
uh, but, but with a different spin, but I too, you know, like as we start talking about this thing, I'm sitting here going, you know, I've never left. Like things have always, and then I'm like, Oh no, no, I have that one oh, yeah. time. That one and time. Yeah. That one time. And the way that played out for me, just for anecdotal evidence for everyone, it's very similar to you. The crux of the story is anybody would have jumped. Like literally anybody would have made the move. However, having a conscience, the way it played out was a little rough. What happened was I was in with one band and this one band was like a sizable band. In fact, we were doing like a big shed tour, but during the downtime while they were off, a former suitor, shall we say, had reappeared. And this suitor was a gigantic, it was the biggest tour on the planet at that time. And because it was such a big political machine, in the normal world, the, the courting of me and the arrangement of a deal would have taken a week. But because it's so gigantic and so political, it extended for like a month and a half and it extended into the other tour. So I've already started this tour and every day I'm like waiting for the word. Oh, right. And I love these guys. They were great. And um, basically what on the day it went down, yeah, I, you know, I, I had to move immediately. And so one, the funny thing is the production was like a co-bill that we were on. We were a few shows into this shed tour. When he caught wind of it, he came up to me and he was like, well, how long, how long did it take you to make that decision? Like zero seconds. I mean, he heard and he knew. And the band, same you as go. you, when I went to talk to the band, everybody, everybody was bummed. But like it was a no brainer to everybody but one guy. And this one guy, in his defense, ultimately, he just liked me a lot. And I liked him. And that was his reaction. Yep. And in turn, yep. and, that, and it didn't last long. He eventually was, was pretty cool with me. But, yeah, I've had to do it once. And it was a jump that anybody and their brother would have made. But it sucked because I was committed to these guys and I like these guys. But that's the only time. Yeah, I, too, I would be if, – if someone's calling me wanting to poach me altogether like that, throws up red flags about what their level of loyalty to me would be later on, you know? For sure. For sure. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, along with that, um, I would say, you know, it's funny. There are guys in this industry, um, large engineers in this industry that have made a living out of doing exactly the opposite of what we're talking about. Yes. There are guys I can, I can name, I see three of them right now in my head yep. Um, yep. that the way that they operate is get on a tour, halfway through the tour, get bored of it, replace themselves, go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And somehow they seem to make that work. Uh, and I just don't understand it. I never have. Like I'm, um, I don't know if it's a, a detriment to, myself as far as loyalty goes, but I just think that um, it's just the wrong thing to do. When I, when I make a commitment in life outside of being a front of house engineer, any sort of commitment, I see that commitment through and uh, even to my own detriment, um, mm -hmm. see that commitment through because my word is my bond in my opinion. Um, but I don't want to make it seem like this is the only path. There are guys that have made this work. Um, and somehow they, they get away with it. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know what else. Well, I, well what, no, I tell you what, one thing, part of the, the guys that have gotten away with it and that continue to do it, there is 
an enormous buzz. Like you said earlier in this thing, it's, 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 it's nice to be wanted. There is enormous buzz and someone wanting you and the newness and, and all the things we've covered on the show before, all the make sending out the gear, you know, and everyone's giving you what you want. And it's just like, that's very intoxicating. Um, I think the fear or the reality is at some point, and we've seen this too. Now there's some guys that have pulled it off for very long and illustrious careers. There are some people that they just hit the end of the road where they've jumped every ship they could jump and there's nowhere to go anymore. And, um, the people that were placing him those gigs originally are not, are not going to touch them. So it becomes a, I just don't know how long of a path. It's rare. The person that can pull it off forever, but they do exist. You're right. They yeah. do. Now um, I, I do know. Um, and I do know in the one case that I, uh, did jump in the middle of a tour, uh, I replaced myself with someone that of my opinion was better than me. Like I, re- I literally found a mixer that I was like, well, I feel confident and I feel right in doing this because I am giving them somebody that can not only take over from where I am, but will probably get, end up getting a better result than I could. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if that is, I don't know if I did that to make myself feel better or, or what, but it is, it's something to, it's something to think about. You know, if you are that guy that is leaving something in the middle of it, um, then, you know, find somebody to replace yourself before you have that conversation with the band, right? Um, mm-hmm. Did you, how did that go for the one time that you left? Did you find somebody for them or did they I, have to find somebody? No, I did. And that was part of, and that would always be part of my approach. And I, and, and I was already formulating that approach. Like part of my, I gotta go speech was coupled with, I am going to find you the absolute best person I can. In fact, here are who they here are who those people are. This is who I feel is the best. They can get on a plane tomorrow. In other words, you do all the legwork for them. But I remember the time that this happened. I remember also saying, "But hey, guys, if you don't want my help at all, I totally understand too." So it's a gesture of good faith. It's the right thing to do. And if everybody is trusting of one another, they're going to see value in it. That hey, you know, he did think about this, and and like I stuck around. You know, I didn't just turn it over and then peace out. Um, I, I stuck around. So, so and, and, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, I was going to say all this harkens back to, uh, you know, kind of striking a deal that's the right deal in the first place. Like you and I are both talking about scenarios where something ultimately, like I tell people all the time, when the Yankees call, you go. Like right. if the the biggest thing in the world happens, you go for it. But let's say it's kind of a, nah. That's where really striking a deal at the beginning is going to means the most to you because the last thing you want to do is have shorted yourself in the deal process. Then something else does come up. Now you've got a moral dilemma, but guess what? You're willing to kind of slide on those morals a little because you really undervalue you did. You're not quite cool with what you're getting versus what you're putting out. You know what I mean? Have you ever been in a situation where it, the timing of it didn't work out and as you were on a tour, you were uh, getting retainer from another band. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you start realizing that 
uh, the the band that has you on retainer is now going to clash with the end of that tour that you're on. Like, uh-huh. oh. what, is, what is the answer to that? Because this band has been, had you on some little retainer to make sure mm-hmm. that you show up in the first part of that. So the loyalty right. then lies with which band? The band that you are currently working with or the band that's paying you retainer? The retainer. I, to, you know, I mean, I, I, to me, that's, that's why they're paying me that. And we've talked about it before, presumably, or for sure, whoever I'm with in the moment will know that I am beholden to whoever's paying me this retainer and that it's funny, man, we're in the middle of COVID-19 right now. And I'm already got in my head what I hope happens with these different clients and I'm already somewhat stressing that they're going to conflict. I mean, I don't fucking know. You know yeah, what I mean? I but, know. And this, this is a great problem to have, but I bet you've got it too. You're already like thinking, Oh, I hope this lands and then this lands. And because they all do come so close to one another, if not yeah. to me, to me, whoever's paying the retainer, like we talk about nailing that deal. That's what the deal is, is that I go to them when they call. What about you? It's interesting because that is generally what I say, absolutely. Uh Um, But Uh at one time in my career, I have not done that. I've done the opposite. Um, And here here are the the gory details of it. Um, (laughs) I'm on retainer with a band that I've worked with for many, many years. And um, I love them to death. And it's a good place for me. And uh, everything's cool. Um, and they had planned not to work for an entire year. So they were, um, you know, giving me a a small retainer. Um, so I was kind of picking up things here and there, just small little tours, you know, with no intention of picking up something that was large and long. Um, and then, uh, about six months into that, I get that, you know, call at nine o'clock at night on a Friday, you know, Hey, can you be in Miami at, uh, you know, 10 AM tomorrow morning, um, Mm -hmm. to replace somebody on a, a a stadium tour. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, I said, of course, yeah, no problem. And, uh, it worked out well. And then for the next six months, um, here I was, uh, you know, uh, cruising along with this stadium act, uh, and in the money too, and, and the money, because now I'm getting some retainer <laughs> right. and I'm getting that. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, that stadium act, um, knew that I was on retainer. Uh, that was like the first thing I said, I said, listen, I can be there by 10 AM tomorrow morning, but let me tell you, I am on retainer, but I'm not obligated for anything with them for about six months. And the production manager was so much, um, I think in a, in a, in a bind needed somebody to like fix it that he didn't mm-hmm. care. He didn't hear me even, you know what I mean? Yeah. He just was like, okay. get on a plane. Way. Yeah. We'll deal with that later. Get here. You know? Yeah. So then I got there and I, and everything sorted out and I went cruising along there. And so that stadium tour was scheduled to go for another year and a half mm-hmm. beyond that. Um, and, um, was significantly larger paycheck than the normal paycheck from that retainer band. And what um, you're describing is I get why you, 
apparently went the route. Yeah, <laughs> I, get, I get where this is going. Yeah, again, like yeah. who wouldn't? You right. know? But but let me tell you how I did it because I think it's the right way to do it. Who knows? I mean, I don't know what the right way is. In the end, let me skip to the end of the story. The end of the story, I'm still um, on good speaking terms with the band that I left. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think they've kind of gotten over it. I think at first it was shocking to them that I was the one saying, you know, no, I don't, I don't, um, (laughs) I don't, uh, I know you've been retaining me, but I'm not going to show up. You know, I mean, that was shocking at first. Um, But let me just skip ahead and just tell you that I stayed at that, that stadium gig. Um, You know, the money was great. It was going for another year and a half, which was actually a half a year longer than the retainer band was going to, you know, they were only going to work for a year. So all of those factors came into play, but when it finally came down to it, um, the, the retainer that um, this band had been paying me for 12 months I wrote a big check back to a millionaire. Oh, wow. wow. So I took every cent that that band paid me in retainer, um, filled out a checkbook, and boy, did that hurt. Writing, Did they uh, take it? Yeah, absolutely, they did. Yeah. See, I have no parallels right now. I don't have this story. Okay. <laughs> this is incredible. So, I'm just telling you, I mean, this is a thing that's happened yeah. and I think it was the right thing to do. I still do to this day, but man, I get it. They were paying me a retainer that was enough for me to live. Mm-hmm. Even if I didn't work at all, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, it was a, let's just say it was thousands of dollars. I'm yes, not going to tell you I how much it. it was, but it was a lot of money. Um, yeah. and writing a check back to a multi, multi, multi millionaire. Yeah. Who doesn't need it? Who doesn't need it? Um, mm-hmm. was that hurt? You know, I was like, yeah. Ugh. at the same time, you know, like convincing my wife that it was a good idea. She's like, what are you doing? You know? Right. Um, right. and I, I just said, listen, my reputation in this industry um, is way more important than the X amount of dollars that we're talking about here. Um, you know, no one can ever say that I left a band high and dry, even with the retainer amount. I gave all that money back as if I was not getting retainer. And Mm -hmm. I found that band, somebody that was, you know, going to take over for me and and be fine. Um, Mm -hmm. but man, it was a struggle. I got to tell you. I bet that's pretty amazing. Like you've never told me that that's, that's pretty incredible and commendable too. You know, um, I know that. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's the real deal is being able to sleep at night and being going and going, okay, Mm -hmm. you know, I did the right thing. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I don't, I don't recommend doing that. Like guys, I'm not saying to you that, you know, Hey, if you just, if you were paid the retainer back, then it's all good. Um, yeah. it, it's the circumstances kind of let me do that, even though it was tough. And even though the band was hurt by me saying, you know, cause part of that retainer is kind of an unspoken contract, right? Like and, it's, and, and, and yes. And that's, if I can jump in real quick, that's what, I, that's what, that's what this gets into. And this is something that I struggle with because and I've mentioned it on here before I come from, I came from the world of a salary gig that I was always super, super happy to have, but I was aware it was incredibly unusual to then becoming a freelancer. So the idea of retainer 
was sort of this white whale thing for a long time. And I have this thing where I'm so incredibly grateful for retainer that to me too, it is an unspoken bond for perpetually, you know, it is this, we're in this. Now, many, 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 many people will tell you, no, they are retaining your services for that day. Unless it's outlined, unless it's outlined differently in a contract, they are retaining you on a day to day to day basis. I think of retainer as you're going to take care of me before you hit it for real again. If you show up with little stuff, we'll do it. But really this is keeping me on the line for the big thing later, which is kind of what you're alluding to as well. But there are a lot of people that will tell you that like, no, they are just retaining you for the moment. Uh, and if something else does come up that is in your best interest, you can, you can, again, unless it's defined differently in a contract, you can move on. And ultimately you can, you know, um, but yeah, that gets to such a fine line. It's like, what is retainer? What does it really, really mean? You know? Yeah. And I think that maybe we should define what our standard kind of retainer negotiating that we have, um, because maybe people out there have not had an opportunity to have retainer and don't know, um, you know, generally bands will offer you a retainer, um, that, it depends on the length of time that they're going to retain you. Um, and it's usually percentage. So um, if a band decides to take a several month hiatus, um, most of the time a band will offer you somewhere in the range of 25% of your salary. Uh, sometimes maybe a little bit more. Um, if we're talking about anything that's over a month, if they're going to take just a month off, um, most of the time I've been offered a 50% retainer. Um, and then sometimes bands come up, you know, business managers come up with all kinds of ideas that as the time goes more and more, the percentage drops more and more. Um, but I play along the lines of like 25% is the least retainer that yes. I'm going to take. Um, is that, is that true for you too, Chris? Yeah. Cause you, yeah, totally. Cause you get into the thing of what's it really worth to me? Because we've talked about this here before too. If I'm on the line and I've agreed to up and go when you called for X amount of dollars, you know, what if I'm in the middle of a great tour and I have to leave for three days that pisses the other one off and then I lose all that money, and then I go back on 25%. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. it, it, it's such a roll of the dice as to what it's, a, what it's worth to you. Um, I, you know, that 50%, that'll keep me on the line. You know what For I mean? Sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and um, the, the whole point of this, too, that we need to be very clear about, at least from my perspective, is that if I am on retainer from any band, however little amount it is, any gig that I take, even if it's a weekend gig, literally, like if this is, if you're paying me to go to a festival for Saturday and Sunday, the first thing out of my mouth when I negotiate with somebody is, cool, but I just got to tell you, I am on retainer. And if they called me tonight and said, hey, tomorrow afternoon, we need you and so-and-so to do an acoustic gig, I would have to go and I'd have to say no to you. Um, and I just feel like that's the right thing to do, right? Um, 
when does that come into play for you? Do you tell them, tell every gig that you're taking or is it only ones that are a certain amount of length or how do you kind of handle that? Yeah, I think for me, if it's, it just, yeah, it depends on what the commitment is, like what the thing that's popped up is. If it's somewhat local or if it's domestic and it's in two days and it's only going to run for two days and I know nothing's on the schedule with my retainer act, I don't feel Yeah, I mean, like, I think yeah. you're probably pretty safe, right? Like at that point, you could be like, you, you, it's none of their business whether you're on retainer or not. You know what I mean? It's like, right. Yeah, totally. Now, if it starts looking at all tourish, I mean, even just a matter of weeks or something, that's when I alert everyone. And really, the person that has the least to worry about is the people that are already paying your retainer. Because you're just touching base with them. If you're just saying, hey, look, just letting you know, this is coming up. Let me know if something's popping up. I know you will, but like, don't worry, I'll be there. You know, the bigger concern is for the new client who is, you know, excuse me, now entering into this thing with someone that may or may not leave. So yeah, I think it's just once it becomes any real chunk of time, you know, and it also depends on like the act you're on retainer with. Are they the kind of act that when they shut it down, they shut it down? Or are they the kind of act they'd still do a corporate or a private once a month? You know what I mean? Totally. That it, all of those factors are important in, in, in making a decision about, you know, navigating Mm -hmm. through this. Um, have you ever had a triple dip situation where you've been on retainer with two different bands? Have you ever played that, that side? I, I, I've had three checks coming in. Nice. Yeah, I, I will, I'll do the, th- the, in fact, that was, I think I just had some of that last, like, before, God, we didn't know how good we had before it. Before COVID, I, I know. Yeah, yeah. I, I had it lined up this year to look that way. You know what I mean? So, uh, but yeah, I've had the, I've been offered retainer while I'm already on retainer that happened in 19. And I told the second act, I was like, look, I can't in good faith take your retainer. Right. Because I'm already on, like, that's the whole definition. Right. Um, you know, and that felt good. And that's also a problem of privilege. Like if you're having to tell someone that things are good, be grateful. A hundred percent. Right. All of what we're talking about right now is, you know, yeah. I'm sure there's guys out there right now that are watching this just going, yeah, good. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. bags, you know, exactly. getting, getting retainer, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's a good thing to have. Um, we're, I think what we're trying to do by, by having this discussion is, um, if you can, you know, be a savvy business man or woman enough to get yourself into this situation, then you should know a little bit about it and what to do about it. Right. We're not, yeah. we're not pushing this agenda of like, you know, well, we're getting retainer and you know, I mean, that's yeah. not, no, that's not, and, not and if anything, no, it's like, it's all, I think the, the bigger message, and we've done this on the show a few times is sort of the karmic retributions of your every move. You know what I mean? And if you handle yourself like a decent human being, don't take three retainers. Don't be that person. I could tell okay. you stories. God, I can think of one just epic explain that person's fucked forever because of it. Right. You know, it's like, don't do that. Um, but, and, and it's like, if you do handle yourself the right way, next thing you know, I'm not saying like good things come to where you're rewarded in all these ways, but you'd be surprised where I've got a consultation check coming in and I'm on a tour and I've got a retainer, but I'm going to do a one-off and it's just, that doesn't last for 12 months, but it does happen. Yeah. And if you're just up front with everybody and everybody knows what's up, you can, you can move about in that way, you know? 
Now, if you know, this business is super small and we've talked about this in the past where, um, you know, people, your reputation as a sound guy travels at warp speed around the industry. Your name is associated with your ability to be a mixer, but I am telling you money issues will sever your period with mm-hmm. this industry faster than you yep. uh anything having to do with your ability as a mixer whether you're a great mixer or a bad mixer the money part of that if you dabble in any of that and rip someone off or um you know do something unethical where you have you know three different retainers going on and you t- you screw over two other bands you get one time of that it's mm-hmm. over for you if you, you know, that information is something that a manager over and above the information of, oh, yeah, you know, Pooch is a good mixer. The, the mm-hmm. information of, oh, no, Pooch screwed us over a couple of years yep. ago. That manager will, you know, pick up the phone and say, no, we aren't hiring you. I mean, it's that yep. quick. Um, sure. and, and so don't do it, guys. Don't, don't. No. Be ethical and be um, know that you are being watched <laughs> in right. what you do, right? Right. No, totally. It's funny. As you're talking, I'm sitting here thinking people will know who they're getting in bed with, just like we need to know and be mindful of who we're getting in bed with. Like we know, like when we sign on with these bands, we know what they're all about. We know all the good, but we also know all the bad. You know, and it's like their reputation of both the act, their management, and then their production management, like all those things carry. So this is another uh, uh, kind of like a sidebar to not only are people going to know about us, but do your homework within the business, you know, know at the same time, know who you're dealing with because, and I've taken those deals where I'm like, all right, I know what I'm getting, I know what I'm getting involved in here, but I know what I'm getting involved in. You know, well, sometimes, I mean, sometimes you don't know though. I mean, I'll, 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 give, I'll give you an true. example um, of a guy, a business manager who was a negotiator of a major band, the guy that I negotiated my salary with, um, who is currently in jail uh, for basically stealing millions of dollars from that band. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the things that he was doing um, was telling us, the entire crew, that per diem was $35 a day, but charging the band for 40, $45 a day, invoicing them for 45 and taking that $70, $10 extra, from every crew member's check. So you're talking about 40 times 70, whatever that is, that's mm-hmm. he was taking that per week and putting it straight into his pocket. God. So never heard anything remotely like that. Although I know it goes on. I know man, it does. It's you know, there are um uh there are people in this world that are pretty evil. Um yeah. and I'm I'm hoping that that guy has a super special friend <laughs> in prison. Uh, <laughs> Showing him, showing him just how fun it is to be in prison. Yeah. Oh um, my God, that is intense, um, man. Yeah. Wow. So, anyway, it's uh, you know I only bring that up to just show you that like we didn't know that until the 
he stole so much money from that band that they hired a forensic accountant to come in. And then we, you know, they discovered that. Um, and actually, you know what, that band um, kind of um, uh, stepped up to the plate and just were like, all right, well, listen, you know, you guys have been here for a year. We think that he stole this amount of dollars from you. We're going to reimburse you for that. Um, and, uh, it was just by them doing that, which was a small amount of money in the scope of their million dollar, you know, uh, mm -hmm. empire, um, made people be loyal to them, you know? Um, so, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, it was, a it was an interesting, God, that's insane. this, yeah, this yeah. too's making yeah. me think about, we're talking about character now. This is essentially, we've gone down the path to where we're talking about character and, um, and loyalty was mentioned when we wrote down what we might talk about here. You know, now too, I think this particular time, which you, you and I talk about it, but also around it too, because it's nice to not think about it. But let's be real. Right now, it's very much that a very unique time. And I think people are redefining loyalty as well. You know, um, where ultimately now no one owes us anything, but you hear the stories of people that are being taken care of in certain ways. Like I can tell you now my main act, uh, my deal doesn't look the same right now, but they're also retaining me. There are no shows, right? They're retaining, like they're literally just supporting me. And I got to be honest that that instills a new level and sense of loyalty, you know? Oh. So are people now that were, have been let go. Maybe they were let, how were they let go? Were they let go that day when this whole shit hit or was there some sort of padding? If you're with a company, was there a severance? Was it just looks a number of different ways. And I think now people are sort of redefining loyalty or, or I don't know the degree of olive branch they've been given yeah. as they're flowing away into what we're now in. You know, you know, I always say that um, for the price of what a millionaire spends on his lunch, he can make me be a loyal, uh, you know, totally a, a loyal per, uh, employee of them for life. For, for the amount of for the amount of money that that millionaire spends on, you know, flying his family to Paris for the day to go have lunch, right. Um, I'll be so loyal to you, you know, whatever you need, whenever you need, whenever you need it. Um, mm -hmm. So it doesn't take much, you know, um, uh, just even, you know, it's one of the things I, I think about this a lot. You know, it's one of the things that I care about when I'm working with certain clients. When I start working for a client that doesn't have respect for me and doesn't have any sort of um, feeling uh, or need of saying, Hey, this person is an artist and they are, um, they are important to my, uh, you know, live concert experience. Um, and I realize that, that they're an artist and that they are, they can't just be replicated by somebody. Those are the kind of things that are what I want from a client. And when I don't get that from a client and it happens a lot, um, mm -hmm. a one client that you and I have both worked for. Um, okay. and, um, that's when you go, that's when decisions to, 
you know, make a decision like, Hey, I'm going to leave or not. That's when the decision becomes easy. You know, you go, well, listen, this person doesn't give a shit about me, but this band does. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's less money, but they're, you know, um, yeah. So I, I, I almost want to, you know, I, I wanted to start, check this out. I wanted to start a business of, um, rock stars that are kind of no longer valid, like rock stars that were in hair bands in the eighties, let's say mm-hmm. they're still mm-hmm. around, but I wanted to start a consulting business where we took those rock star guys and put them with the latest pop star, whoever it mm-hmm. is and say, listen, here's a guy that had it all. He had that, you know, making $4 million a year job, whatever and has vast experience in how not to do things. Here's your guy. He's going to tell you, you know, what to do. And I thought that that would be a real, um, uh, I could make a real business out of that. Um, but, uh, the point of that being is that it's like, I want to educate, you know, these people that it doesn't take much to keep us on the hook. Right. I know. I know. We're, we're playing in such different pools than they are. You know, um, I think that would be of immense value to these people. It's just, God, their, their worlds move so fast and they've got so many people talking to them. A lot of them are younger. A lot of these people that would be, that, that's your whole point. Here's the yep. wise old sage to tell you here, man, they're rolling in it. They're 27. They're on top of oh, the yeah. world. They got, they just, it's whether they're going to hear it or not, know. you know? And they aren't. And that's why it's not a viable business. But I just always have thought that that, you know, if I were, um, if I were to win the lottery tomorrow, um, I think I would seek out someone that has experience on what happens when you get $4 million dropped in your lap. Right. Mm -hmm. And what the pitfalls of that are and how people can make that $4 million either disappear or turn the 4 million into eight. I, I would be that guy that would seek out that, but that's just me. I think that there are a lot of artists that are not that like, you know, all of a sudden they get 4 million bucks in their lap and they're, you know, right off to to the races. Um, Right. But anyway, yeah, I took us on a a tangent, but you know, anyway, it's almost a good tangent too to kind of near, near the end is we're talking about being good. You know, we harp on that. Um, Guys, honestly, not from any sort of moral high ground, just on sort of God. <laughs> so we this harp on not about morality. <laughs> no, we well, we harp on character, our own character, Hilarious. handling your business a certain way, keeping your side of the street clean, et cetera, et cetera. But we're also talking about uh, it works both ways. Yeah, like we're not the only part. A relationship is a two-way street. You know what I mean? So. Who are you in with? What does it look like with them long-term, really? You know, what do you expect? And like you just said, Pooch, there's like these little actions of these people that maybe have us for the moment that they add up. If, yeah. Even if there's no yeah. dollar signs attached to it, they add up as little like, okay, note to self, that person doesn't give a shit. Or, or hey, that person just said thank you. You yeah. know what I mean? Like even that, there's all these little things. So it's a two-way street. Handle yourself right, but also know who you're messing with and and it, and if if you can make it all line up where like you said maybe it's not the most lucrative but maybe it is the best deal for you and your life you know look for those two um I, i'll tell you that there's no there's no perfect gig 
but there's, oh, you man. can find scenarios that work best for you, you know? Totally true. Uh, there is no perfect gig. However, if you come upon a group of people that are kind of like-minded, give you respect, pay you well, uh, hold on to you, especially in times like this, a weird, unprecedented time where, um, you know, and I, I know, I know there are um, acts out there that have kind of, you know, hung their people out to dry. And that speaks volumes to who they are. Um, unfortunately, I mean, I get it. It's like, as this thing goes on and, you know, the government has, um, done all these PPP, you know, paycheck, um, uh, you know, help. Um, and so some of these bands are holding on to that and passing that on to their, you know, to their employees with a, re- a retainer or whatever. But man, I've heard about a lot of bands that are, aren't doing that. Um, yep. you know, huge bands that are yes. just, ignoring the paycheck program mm-hmm. and pretty much treating this as this business is, which is a per contract. This is, we contracted you for this amount of time. And after that it's, you know, we, you aren't an employee. You're a, you're an independent contractor. I, I get that. Um, but it speaks volumes to the type of people um, that do hang on to us, especially during this, this time period. And, and honestly, you know, um, you have to look at that. And, um, even if I were being offered more money when this thing were over, I would take a hard look at this COVID period and say, well, you know what? You're offering me a shitload more money to come and work for your band. But I got to tell you this band over here kept me alive for, Yes. Kept the lights on, gave me a shred of hope, whatever it might be. That's right. You know, Um, and, and I don't think that, um, you know, uh, again, back to what we were just talking about, I don't think that millionaires necessarily, necessarily understand that they have to be told that, you know, they don't live in that world. Like they live in a world where it's like, they're just at home and being like, well, it's nice to have a vacation, you know, because they don't worry about money. Right. Right. Um, but they don't understand that the rest of us, uh, you know, live in a place that's mostly check to check. Um, mm-hmm. and when it stops, uh, it, it's bad. And so I, um, applaud, uh, the management teams and the people that surround the, these, you know, specific millionaires we're talking about during this time period that have gone to the, the millionaire and said, Hey, listen, I got to tell you mm-hmm. the, the 15 guys that are your core crew, are some of them aren't going to make it through this, you know, um, Mm -hmm. you, you need to think about, you know, us doing something to try to hang on to them. I applaud the management teams that are doing that out there for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, and on, on another end too, there's the bands that it's a, it's a bus and trailer act or it's whatever it is where they've set up some merch thing. I've heard of this a number of times where there's some merch thing where the t-shirt sales go to their crew. Truth be told, some dude, you might make $17 off of that in COVID, but Hey man, that's the gesture they could pull off. You know, like you said, I I commend that. Absolutely. And that, and if that, you have to look at that and be like, okay, well, these guys aren't millionaires and they're just trying to survive along with me. Um, Mm -hmm. and, but yet they are thinking of me as well. That is also a loyalty thing. It doesn't always have to be money is my point, you know? Yeah, Um, totally. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, 
Yeah, so I think that's that's kind of a, a talk about retainer and uh, and else. Do you have anything else to to uh, sum us up about that stuff? No, I don't think so. I think um, I think that's pretty thorough, and I think covering the the what is happening now is is, is certainly topical. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, well, I mean, yeah. we'll, no, we shall see what this industry turns into. I mean, maybe the word retainer after COVID doesn't exist. <laughs> um, right. You know, um, I think that this industry is going to be forever changed and there will be, uh, certainly at first when it opens back up and there's lots of work, um, I think that people are going to say bands and business managers and managers are going to say, well, everybody's available right now. So there's kind of really no point to hang on to anybody. Cause we can, you know, there's, uh, you know, um, a hundred top front of house engineers that are all looking for work right now, you know? Um, yep. so that may change the climate of what happens in this industry. Um, who knows? Nobody has a crystal ball, so we're just trying to figure it out. <laughs> let's just get there. You know? know. Yeah. Let's, let's, exactly. wrap, let's wrap it up that way. Pay attention to who's paying attention to you during this time. Yes. Slash, let's just fucking get there. Get <laughs> yeah. this over with. Let's get you this know? over with. Yeah, I know. Um, but anyway, you know, I hope that uh, you guys got a little bit out of this and maybe a little bit, um, if you are lucky enough to be given the opportunity to negotiate, um, you know, some sort of contract and salary. Uh, and retainer um, that may give you a little bit of insight into what's happened with Chris and I. So um, thanks for coming guys. We sure do appreciate it. Uh, make sure you tell your friends, subscribe, uh, smash like below. Uh, do it. And uh, all right, take care guys. See ya. See you, everybody.